But faith unlocks the door Words are so easily spoken But prayer without faith Is like a boat without an oar Have faith when you speak to the Master That's all He asks you for Prayer is the key to heaven But faith unlocks the door Hallelujah, hallelujah Let's love the Lord Dear Jesus, we love to see I want every one of you tonight to get your notepads and uh, I hope that you will take notes. I think that that's good study habits. And uh, I want to direct your attention tonight, first of all, to the passage that you see on the screen here in 1 John, the second chapter, the 10th through the 17th verses, the 12th through the 17th verses, 1 John uh, 2, 12 through 17. I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. I write unto you, fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning. Follow along with me if you will. I write unto you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. I write unto you, little children, because you have known the Father. I have written unto you, fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you, young men, because ye are strong. <clears throat> and the word of God abideth in you, and you have overcome the wicked one. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, and the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Can all of you see the screen? Can you see it from where you're seated here, all of you? Tonight, as we launch our study on prayer, I felt that it's important for us to realize that there are some very basic things in the Christian walk. I think sometimes that uh, it's obvious that very few people mature to the place that God would really have them to mature. And there's a, a real obvious reason for it. We find in this passage of Scripture that there are babes, let's say babes. There are young men, and then there are fathers. All of us are in various degrees of maturity. When you're born, brand new baby in the Lord, you're not expected to do the things that would be expected of you at a later time in your Christian walk. It's just not practical. We know that new people in the Lord have to have a growing time and a process of time uh, has to elapse before they can receive the maturity that's so needed of them before they can reproduce life. And we ought to at every point in our life see that we are growing. So the writer here is making it obvious that his concern is Christian maturity. He wants to see growth. And I believe that this is the thing that the Lord wants out of His church tonight is that there would be obvious signs of the fact the Word is abiding in us. Those of you that have known the Lord for numbers of years, there's no reason why you shouldn't be fruitful and be able to lead others to the Lord if you are 
in the Lord and His Word abides in you. If that's not the case, then there's a reason why you're not fruitful in the Lord. If you'll just look with me tonight, you're going to see one of the main reasons for it is the immaturity brought about by no prayer life and no actual communication with the Lord. The church must experience continuous spiritual renewal, number one, then after we are renewed in the Spirit, like Sunday night, we experienced a real time of refreshing and renewal. And as a result of renewal, daily renewal, and this is what prayer is going to show us, brings it into focus and makes it in the realm of reality. It's obvious then that if we know what the Word is all about, we abide in the Lord, He abides in us, then church growth is going to come about. People that are mature in the Lord, sheep bear lambs. And uh, we are to grow in the Lord where we can reproduce life. And then evangelism is no longer just a word, but it is a reality. Would one of you brethren put this table up here for me, a couple of you, and we'll move right on with the study here. I hope tonight to convey to you some very obvious principles. They're not deeply spiritual, but they are very obviously principles that can be applied by every one of you. There's no reason why every one of you cannot be spiritual, fruitful people of God. And how many want to be? Amen. And I believe tonight that in the preparation of this particular study, there are some things that have surfaced in my own study that make it obvious to me that the church needs to be in a process of renewal all the time. Now, I was thinking today in preparation for this lesson, in the beginning, before man fell, God, of course, being God, was sovereign. God is always sovereign. He created man, and in many respects, He created him like a three-story building. At the base, here was His body, His soul, and His spirit was close to God. He communicated with God. But inasmuch as he failed in the one and only commandment the Lord gave him, as a result, the spirit of man was thrust into the fall, and it's almost like the spirit fell into the basement of the building. Man had to be rebuilt because the spirit just literally toppled all the things that God had designed for man because of the fall, Adam and Eve. Then the spirit, as it were, just came to a great fall, and uh, that's why God had to plan His work in the realm of the Incarnation ultimately to come to bring mankind to where the Spirit is restored once again to the pinnacle of our own experience. The Spirit should not be ruled by the body. And the soul should not be the determining factor of what the Spirit uh, is to respond to. Many things in the realm of the soul are just simply in the realm of blessings but blessings should bring us to a deeper experience in the Spirit. The Spirit control life is the kind of a life that all of us should be striving to achieve tonight. Let's say Spirit. How many of you realize that you need a constant uh, refreshing in the Holy Spirit? The only way that we can know the Spirit is to be born of the Spirit. That's why we have to be born again of water and of Spirit. Let's say hallelujah. So, in thinking about this, I begin to recognize that in the Gospels, before the epistles were written, the Gospels tell us what Jesus said, and the epistles tell us what he meant by what he said. In the Gospels, there appears to be only two categories of people. 
They are the condemned and uh, they are the uncondemned. In John, the third chapter in the 16th verse uh, through the 21st verses, let's turn there very quickly and let's read what it says. John, the third chapter and the 16th verse through the 23rd verses. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world but, the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, and men loved darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth, how many of you remember the message my son preached on he that doeth truth when he was here a few months ago? It's the one who sees the truth and escapes the condemnation that's on every person that's born into the world. He that doeth truth cometh to the light that his deeds may be made manifest that they are wrought in God. So in the Gospels there appears to be only two categories of people, the condemned, let's say the condemned. That's obviously the unbelievers or the unsaved. And then there is the uncondemned that through the gospel might, through belief, be saved. And this is the, the very reason why the Lord came to this earth to bring salvation to us. Now, after Jesus lived and died, arose again, went back to heaven, sent back his Holy Spirit to indwell us, there seems to be in the epistles another category of people and this is the condemned who are still the lost individuals and then there are the saved which are the born-again ones and you remember the epistles are written to save people the epistles are all written to churches there's a real confusion when people start applying the epistles to the center folks all of those letters were written to churches people who were saved individuals so the born-again ones uh, strangely enough are in two categories and that is the spiritual and the carnal let's say that together spiritual and carnal all right let's turn tonight to first corinthians the third chapter and let's read the first through the third verses now i'm addressing tonight some people that are spiritual and at the same time i'm addressing some folks that are born again that are still extremely carnal and that is not a crude word, uh, maybe uh, in our common terminology. It's just something that people are not growing in the Lord. They're carnally minded. And to be carnally minded is death, the Bible tells us. If we're led of our own flesh, we find that we're going to actually go down the road in defeat in our Christian walk. We're not going to be fruitful. But if we are spiritual, the Lord can lead us through His Spirit. The Bible tells us that as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. How many of you tonight would like to be truly a son of God? I might like for you to just write down in your notes here. Uh, I have some things that I really feel are important that you should write down. Actually, prayer is the privilege of sons. Prayer is the privilege of sons. 
but prayer is the test of sonship. There's no way that we can come to God except first the Spirit draws us. Once we're born again of water and spirit, we are put in a right relationship with God and we are born sons of God. You see, sons are born, but disciples are made. The way you prove your sonship is by how you really live after you're born again of water and spirit. And the test of sonship is prayer. Tonight, as your pastor, I could actually tell you, every one of you, who is spiritual and who is carnal. The Spirit reveals that to me. Might be shocking to you, but I know who's spiritual and I know who's carnal. That's the reason that I'm having these Bible studies is so that the spiritual can become more spiritual and that the carnal might become spiritual. Say hallelujah. Paul writing to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians, the third chapter, verses 1 through 3. He said, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual. Now remember, he's addressing Christian folks. He said, I can't even talk to you as though you're spiritual. But he said, I have to talk to you as though you are carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. Now you remember what I read to you from 1 John, the second chapter. That category of being babes, when people are babes in the Lord, they cannot receive meat. They cannot endure sound doctrine. And this is why we need to learn prayer and to learn the process of daily spiritual renewal. Paul said, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto ye were not able to bear it, neither yet now are able. He said, I still have lots of beefsteak in the freezer, but I can't actually give you any beefsteak because I've still got a bunch of babies on my hand and I'm still uh, addressing you as babies in the Lord when I would really love to give you something other than milk. So tonight, if you're appealing for more meat and you'll wonder why there's not some deep revelations in these Bible studies, well, uh, you just look at your own self in the mirror and see how you're spiritually equipped. And that's the reason you'll see why the Lord is directing us in this manner. Verse 3, he said, For ye are yet carnal, yet carnal. Now he's talking to born-again people, but he says, You're still carnal. Now look at my little diagram here. He didn't say you're not saved, but he said you're not spiritual. I want you to understand there is a category here that the epistle seems to reveal and we seem to recognize in these scriptures the fallacies of thinking we can just ride along and uh, be a spiritual person and not really be prayerful and fast and have some dedication to the Lord. He said, for you're yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envying, and he said there's strife and, uh, and divisions, and ye are not carnal, uh, and walk as men. He said, are ye not carnal and walk as men? So Paul was showing them here there is a, a real possibility that you can be born again but still walk after the flesh. I see a lot of folks that are still obeying and minding the things of the flesh long time after they are born again Christians. In fact, it might amaze you but I see most of the folks that are born again that are still very much motivated by the things of the flesh. Everybody say, Lord, help us. 
So tonight, I think that in this study of prayer, we're going to learn how to obtain spirituality. How many of you would like to become a spiritual person? How many can see some room for improvement in your life? I believe tonight that all of us will see some very obvious signs of, of weaknesses in our life. All right, we all know that we have to be born again of water and spirit. How many believe that that is what it takes to be a born-again Christian? You've got to be baptized in Jesus' name. You must be filled with the Holy Spirit. You must speak with tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. And then you're born again. But then the Scripture tells us that those early Christians followed steadfastly. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. They continued in fellowship and they were breaking bread and they had prayer. So prayer is vital to sustaining the Christian life. Let's say that together now. Prayer is vital to sustaining the Christian life. But how many of you want to be a better prayer warrior in the Lord? Let's love him for just a moment here. Jesus, open our hearts right now. Help us to know the will of God in our lives. Strengthen us, we pray, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right? So just look at your prayer wheel now. I would like to invite your attention to the basis of this prayer wheel. I want every one of you to take that prayer wheel card and use it until we get our new ones that are being printed up that will, this will fit into your Bible when you fold it. The new one will have also the fasting chart on the back where you can go daily into prayer and look at your fasting chart and see how long it's been since you fasted and look at the whole year and see how many days you fasted. It'll be made essentially the same way, but with the call to prayer on the front and then on the back side will be the fasting chart and then this will open up. When you go into prayer, I want to instruct you that you should do some things that we'll come back to our chart here in just a few minutes. I want you to prepare yourself for prayer. And in preparation for prayer, I want you to take your Bible, take yourself, and the scripture talks about closing uh, the door. Now that simply means that you shut out the outside world and you go into prayer with the intention of praying. That's obvious. Now this is very, very basic tonight. You perhaps are not gonna run the aisles. You won't possibly hear any messages in tongues. Uh, I don't know, you could, but I don't expect to tonight because we're going to get right down where we live. Take your Bible, take yourself, shut your mind out to the outside world and take you a notepad with you. You go to prayer, there's going to be every kind of an interruption that you can imagine come to your mind. The phone will ring and you will uh, answer the phone. You'll think of four pounds of hamburger you need to buy uh, for that uh, that night's meal and you'll get up and go right hamburger down you'll think of a dozen things the kids will will wake up and go to crying you'll lose your train of thought and if you don't purpose to communicate with God you will not communicate you'll think of all the things that need to be done and then you will lose your train of thought it takes concentration to pray let's say pray let's say take your Bible say it with me take yourself take you a notepad you go in there you prepare to have a, a communicating time with the Lord and you be prepared to shut out everything that might hinder I like to take a notepad with me because uh, uh, the Lord might give me some instruction and then there might be some very carnal things that will come to my mind that I'm afraid I'll forget 
How many of you are getting forgetful? A little older, you begin to get forgetful, and I'm afraid that I'll forget something, so I'll write it down. And so on my little pad might be something spiritual the Lord led me to think about. And then again, it might be something on there that might be extremely, uh, you know, materialistic. Might be pay the electric bill today. Might be uh, you got to get gasoline today. And right in the middle of that prayer, all kinds of interruptions might come to you while you're praying. If you think, oh boy, I've got to think about so-and-so. If you don't purpose to pray, you'll get up and quit your prayer because of those things that come to your mind while you're praying. How many of you notice all the things that come to your mind when you get down to pray? Everything imaginable comes to your mind when you purpose to pray. So when you take your prayer wheel, you designate whatever time you're going to pray that day. And uh, you go into prayer and you start off with number one on the prayer wheel. That's praise. Let's say praise. Number two is forgiveness. Let's say forgiveness. Number three is confession. Let's say confession. Number four is petition. Number five is intercession. Number six is read the Bible. Number seven is meditation. Number eight is thanksgiving. Number nine is pray the word. Number 10 is singing. Number 11 is listening. And then wind it up with praise once again, just the way you started. Now, if you have an hour to give to the Lord, well, uh, you don't have to just get you a clock and just designate, I'm going to pray exactly five minutes. I tell you, most people that use this particular process don't get very far into this before the Spirit begins to take over after you begin to disciplining yourself to prayer. If you can give an hour of time, try to divide that hour into as many of these categories as you can. You'll find that you can actually make this cycle much easier if you're disciplining yourself to do it. In the area of petition, you might have some things to present to the Lord. Prepare for prayer like you were going to prepare to do something for yourself. Write down what you're going to ask Him about in prayer. Write down the things you want to be thankful about. And when you start to pray, discipline yourself to talk about those things to the Lord. Because communication is what you're doing. Don't get the idea that everything you do has got to be accompanied by wild screaming and yelling and jumping and shouting and snorting and bucking and falling out in the floor and, uh, you know, the whole bit. It's just talking to the Lord. Let's say the complete prayer. All right, now we're going to be coming back to that in just a few minutes. And uh, I think that in our prayer, we need to be very careful that we know why we're doing what we're doing. Amen. All right, write down in your notes there, praise. And the ones who have those particular scriptures, I want you to prepare to read them. But I want to say this about prayer. Really, I think the biggest thing in the whole universe, the biggest thing in God's universe, is a man or a woman who prays. That's the biggest thing there is in the universe. It's amazing that the disciples of the Lord, when they petitioned Him, they didn't ask Him to teach them to sing. They didn't ask Him to teach them to preach, but they asked of Him that He might teach them how to pray. There was something about the Lord that really moved them. They really wanted to know what He had in the way of a secret <coughs> concerning prayer. The biggest thing in all the universe is a man or a woman who prays. And I suppose there's only one thing more amazing than a man or a woman that prays, and that's one that knowing that there is a God and that they can communicate with that God, don't pray. 
One of the things that really alarms me is a Christian that has no prayer life. That is an amazing thing to me that knowing God is God and knowing that there is a privilege of prayer and to think that knowing that he is the one who purchased salvation and to think there are those who are supposedly born again who never pray. I'm looking into the faces of some tonight who don't spend five minutes a week in prayer. Some of you that are born again don't pray at all. The extent of your prayer would be a few words at the table. For some of you who never bow your knee at night to talk to the Lord in thanksgiving and honor to Him. Some of you never plan to just be alone with the Lord for an hour or 30 minutes or whatever the case may be per day. I might say tonight, and I'd like for you to write this down in your notes, that prayer is the symbol and it is the proof and gauge of grace. How many of you believe in the grace of God? It's the grace of God that brings us to salvation. It's the unmerited favor of God that would include us in salvation's plan. But prayer is the symbol. Every day that you pray, you are showing your honor and respect to the sovereignty of our God. If you don't pray, it is obvious that you're not really too sure about the grace of God. Because if you honestly believe that you were lost in sin, and that the grace of God has brought you to salvation, and that the unmerited favor of God has included you in salvation's plan, there ought to be somewhere in that life every day that the symbol of the grace of God is obvious to the family. And most of all, that it's obvious to the Lord. So prayer is the symbol and it is the proof and it is the gauge of grace. If you believe in grace, you ought to believe in prayer. And prayer is the gauge of how much you believe in the grace of God. A person that doesn't understand the grace of God will not understand prayer. I want to tell you tonight that I feel so unworthy that God ever included me in his plan. I marvel that he was so kind and understanding to me to include me. I'm unworthy. I'm unprofitable. I'm undesirable. I'm unloving. I'm unlovely. But yet God, through his grace, wrapped himself in flesh and came to redeem me from myself and from my sins. Let's say prayer. So when you get down to pray, I want you to recognize that this is the privilege of being a son of God. And when you pray, this is the test of your sonship. How much do you love to talk with your heavenly father? How easy is it to communicate with him? He who redeemed you with precious blood. So the question comes, can prayer be learned? I can't teach you the mechanics of prayer. But I, through the scripture and the direction of the Holy Spirit, can whet your appetite that you will learn through doing. That's the only way that prayer can be, can be learned is by experience. Amen. None of us know how to pray. We were not born into this world with the ability to know how to pray. We did not have the ability in our own flesh and in our own spirit to approach the righteousness of God. But the Spirit drew us. And there was in us a spirit of conviction that made us to know we were lost and undone without God. And the Spirit drew us. 
and it took away the fear and we came to a place of conscience and we recognized that we needed the righteousness of God and that righteousness was imputed to us on the basis of faith and when we have faith it removes fear and we come boldly to the throne of grace and then we can communicate with the God of glory oh hallelujah let's say I love you Jesus let's say I thank you Jesus oh hallelujah I might say tonight that prayer is not measured by time nor by the number of prayers you pray or by the number of hours you pray or any of that but prayer is measured by the intensity of that prayer give your total concentration to the Lord give your whole body soul and spirit to the Lord enter into prayer take your notepad with you take your Bible with you close out the world for a half hour whatever it might be or for an hour go in there with your petitions go in there with your desires go in there with a whole list of things to thank the Lord for and you'll find it will not be drudgery it will be an experience that you'll come away with fulfillment you won't always come out of there rejoicing and shouting but you'll know that you've been in communication with the Lord God the one that redeemed you with precious blood so number one when you go in get ready to praise let's say praise Psalm 22 and 3 very quickly come to the microphone there and read it loudly and clearly and everybody follow along Psalm 22 and 3 brother Victor but thou art holy O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel all right Hebrews the 13th chapter in the 15th verse praise let's say praise is that Psalm 22 and 3 that you just read brother Victor all right all of you write that down it's on your prayer wheel but I want you to write these scriptures down in your notes because I want you to expand on these notes in your own personal experience Hebrews 13 and 15 read very loud and clear by him therefore let us offer the sacrifice of praise by him therefore let us therefore offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually to God continually that is the fruit of our lips that's the fruit of our lips giving thanks giving thanks to his name to his name all right when you take your Bible and your notepad in there your little prayer wheel and you lay it down if it's on the couch and the kids are all in bed if your wife is still in bed and you're preparing to go to work or if it's after all of them go to bed at night and the family can can uh, pray together and maybe the children go on to bed and mom and dad stay there together for a time period and we're going to pray together tonight honey we're going to worship the Lord together we've got an hour here we're going to just talk to God together go in there and begin to praise the Lord let's say praise you need to begin all prayer with praise and adoration to the Lord begin it with praise talk to him right out of your heart whatever your goal might be in that prayer for that time period start it off with praise first and it might be that that'll last a long period of time all of these things will be varying in the degrees of time spent uh, dependent upon the circumstances of that day the intensity of your burdens uh, all the things there'll be times when your burdens are, are the heaviest then there'll be times when the needs of others will be the heaviest but when you approach God have a purpose that today I'm going to actually get through to God I'm going to go out of this prayer experience knowing that my God still is alive and that he's heard my prayer let's say praise 
whatever your goal may be, enter into that experience first of all with praise. Praise Him for His, for His uh, perfectness. Praise Him for His greatness. Praise Him for His sovereignty in your life. Lift Him up. Honor Him for His majesty. Talk to Him about how grateful you are for all that He's done for you in your life. How many of you can think of many things you're thankful to God about? Hallelujah. Well, praise Him on that level. Let's say praise. praise. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. That's the right approach. When you enter into your prayer, first of all, begin to praise the Lord. Let's say praise. praise. Number two, the next thing we want to do is very beautiful also. It's a real glorious experience. Number two, we don't get very far in our prayers. We can praise the Lord and we can praise the Lord. But if we have any kind of bitterness in our heart, if we have any ought against our brother, it's obvious that we're not going to get liberty in our praise. Let's say forgiveness. Number two on your prayer wheel is forgiveness. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands tonight if you have something against someone. But if you do, you will not go very far in your experience of prayer if you have something in your heart against someone. Matthew the sixth chapter, right quick, read it slow and I'll repeat after you. Verses 14 through 15. For if ye forgive men, for if ye forgive men, their trespasses, their trespasses, your heavenly Father, your heavenly Father, will also, will also, forgive you, forgive you. But if ye forgive not, but if you forgive not, men their trespasses. All right, go ahead. Neither will your Father, neither will your Father, forgive your trespasses. Forgive your trespasses. How many of you go to the Lord and you know that you need forgiveness once in a while? Something has cropped up in your life that you're obviously in need of forgiveness. Just lift up your hand. We all do from time to time. Oh, let me tell you something. When you praise the Lord and you want to get a real hearing from God, you've got to say, Lord, I am sorry. You've got to forgive and you've got to be forgiven in order to keep the channel clear. Nothing will block the spiritual progress of a person more fatally than an unforgiving spirit. When somebody has a bitter spirit, it just bitters up their whole life. It, it just ruins their spiritual walk with God. Even the small root of bitterness will actually grow into a real serious problem. A small root of bitterness. Let's say root of bitterness. So in your prayers, remember you've got to forgive. Let's say forgive. All right, let's go to the third one on your prayer wheel tonight. The third one is confession. The one who has Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24, would you come? Read real loud and clear. Let's say confession. All right, we've come through praise. We've come through forgiveness. And now we've come to confession. Search me, O God. Search me, O God. And know my heart. And know my heart. Try me. And try me. And know my thoughts. And know my thoughts. And if there be any wickedness. And if there be any wicked. Way in me. Way in me. Lead me in the way everlasting. Lead me in the way everlasting. Hallelujah. How many of you ever prayed that kind of a prayer? Yeah. Oh, God, see if there's anything in me. Uh, lots of times when people ask others for forgiveness, they'll say, if I have done anything to offend you. And all the time they know they have. But they don't want to acknowledge that they have. But the approach to God, He already knows. We've got to just simply say, God, 
I'm ready to confess my sins and you look me over and see if there's wickedness in me and if there is I want to make sure that it's taken care of let's say confession all right Psalm 66 and 18 sister Hicks if I regard iniquity in my heart, if I regard iniquity in my heart the Lord will not hear me the Lord will not hear me how many know that's in the Bible in your notes write down once again what I taught you a while back the four categories of sin transgression is number one let's say transgression number two is iniquity let's say iniquity transgression is going beyond the known boundaries iniquity is the lawlessness that causes it to come to pass the iniquity that says I'm going to do it anyway I don't care who likes it or lumps it transgression is going beyond the known boundaries when a man knows it's wrong to do something and he knows there's a boundary line there and the iniquity says I'm going to do it anyhow then he's headed for trouble and David said if I regard iniquity in my heart the Lord will not hear my prayers all right the third category of sin is the act itself sin let's say sin and that's just the act the scripture says he that knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him it is sin the fourth category of sin is guile that's the deceitfulness it says well everybody does it it's not all that bad everybody does it you've done it I've done it we all do it it's not all that bad the whole world does it and uh, covers as though what they know they've done is wrong is not really all that bad let's say transgression iniquity sin and guile it was said of the Lord in whom no guile was found oh hallelujah so when David committed his sins he had to confess them and deal with them in the category of their actual happening the iniquity he actually uh, confessed the transgression he actually acknowledged the sin he said is ever before me and he wanted cleansing from that but the guile he wanted to be sure that there was no deceit in him because he wanted more than forgiveness he wanted to be sure that the blessings of the Lord would still be upon him now everyone won't commit the kind of a sin that David did but we all want the manifest presence of God don't we it's not enough to know that God is that he is omnipresent we need the manifest presence of God and that's why confession is so important we've got to confess our sins and the scripture says that if we confess our sins he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness it takes more than forgiveness it takes cleansing David was afraid that what had happened to Saul the man that God had appointed to be the king over Israel when he sinned a sin of the spirit he was turned over to witches and to uh, evil spirits tormenting him. David saw that spirit that was upon Saul lift from him and rest upon him. And David now who had committed a sin was afraid, if you'll allow me to make this analogy, David was afraid he had wounded the dove of the Spirit of God. And David wanted to be sure that he was forgiven and cleansed. Let's say that together. Forgiven and cleansed because when he picked up the harp again he wanted to be sure that the manifest presence of God would be there oh hallelujah the other night when we were singing uh, under the Lord uh, in that uh, you know chord that I instructed you to sing in 
the tonic chord. We all begin to feel the presence of God. We could feel it when it moved into our presence. That's what the church must experience is the manifest presence of God. Where two or three are gathered together in my name. I'll be in the midst of them. That's what the scripture said. So we as individuals have got to confess our sins. Let's say confess. Oh, hallelujah. Let's say confession. That's number three on your prayer wheel. Rid yourself of sin. Clear the road for power prayer. If you don't confess your sins, you won't get any nearer to God than you are right at that time. Oh, you can praise the Lord. You can feel something once in a while, but you'll never get to the victory in your prayer until you confess your sins. Number four on your prayer wheel. How many are learning something? Praise the Lord. All right, number four is petition. Let's say petition. Who has James 4, verse 2 and 3? Very quickly, read for us. Read slow and I'll repeat after you. <clears throat> you lust and have not. You lust and have not. You kill. You kill. And desire to have. And desire to have. And cannot obtain. And cannot obtain. You fight in war. Fight in war. Yet you have not. You have not. Because you ask not. Because you ask not. You In other ask, words, he says you don't have some things because you don't even ask for some things. All right, read on. You ask and receive not. You ask and receive not. Because you ask amiss. Because you ask amiss. That you may consume it upon your lust. That you may consume it upon your lust. All right, let's say petition. How many want to learn how to ask the Lord in such a manner that you can get an answer? How many like to get an answer to your prayers? All right, read Matthew 6, verses 9 through 13, Brother Rob. After this manner, therefore pray ye. After this manner, therefore pray ye. Our Father, Our Father which art in let's heaven. Let's say it together. Which art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth. Thy will be done in it, earth. As it is in heaven. As it is in heaven. All right. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts. And forgive us our debts. As we forgive our debtors. As we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation. Lead us not into temptation. But deliver us from evil. But deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom. For thine is the kingdom. Oh, there's his majesty again. Oh, hallelujah. Thine is the kingdom. And the power and the glory. And the power and the glory forever forever amen amen oh hallelujah let's clap our hands for the lord <laughs> hallelujah hallelujah so petition this particular aspect of prayer deals with our personal needs how many of you have financial needs tonight just lift up your hand nobody needs to be embarrassed we have financial needs how many of you have spiritual needs all right Lift up your other hand and say, Lord, you can answer all of these needs. Come on, let's thank him by faith right now. Jesus, we know that you understand our needs. And we ask you, oh God, that you would listen to our prayers and our petitions tonight. Lord, we believe you. Faith says we can have an answer. And we're claiming it in Jesus' wonderful name. Hallelujah. When you're praying with your prayer wheel there as a reminder... Take those petitions before the Lord, and when you take them there, present them to Him. I believe it's the 37th Psalm. 
Such a beautiful type of committal. Let's turn there very quickly. I want you to mark this down in your notes. It just comes to me right now as uh, I'm teaching you. Psalm 37, I believe it is. One of the most beautiful passages of Scripture concerning committal. Fret not thyself because of evildoers. Neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like grass and wither as a green herb. Trust in the Lord. Let's say trust. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Verse 4. Delight also thyself in the Lord. Say delight. And he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Verse 5. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him. Let's say commit. And he shall bring it to pass. Oh, hallelujah. Then verse 7 says, Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Sometimes the righteous are all plagued with the problems of wondering why the unsaved seem to be doing so good. David wrestled with that. He said that bothered him also until he went into the sanctuary. Oh, hallelujah. He began to see the end of those that seemed to be prospering for a season. But the righteous... The righteous and the righteousness of God are going to actually win in the final windup. So take your petitions before the Lord. Literally take them there before Him and take them to Him with the intention of leaving those petitions with Him. When you commit something to the Lord, give it to Him. You take your watch down to be fixed and you ask the jeweler if he can fix the watch. He says, yes, uh, you can pick it up Wednesday. And uh, you say, well, I can't be without my watch till Wednesday, you know. Well, you don't want it fixed very bad unless you can leave it there with the jeweler to fix it. When you take something to the Lord and you make petition of Him, turn it over to Jesus. Give it to Him. The Scripture says, casting all your care upon Him, for He cares for you. He said, come and learn of me because my uh, yoke is easy and my burden is light. I'm a real easy God to approach. And when you bring your burden to him, leave it there. Whatever your petitions are, if they're financial needs, literally list those needs. When you go into prayer, take those needs before the Lord. Talk about them in specific detail. If you need $126, talk about it in the terms of $126. Say, Lord, you know I need $126. Write it down and give it to him. Read it to him. Tell him about it. (laughs) Oh, hallelujah. Take it to the Lord and leave it there. Cast your care upon him, for he cares for you. Amen. Let's say petition. All right. The next one. Very, very beautiful. Also, and this is a little bit different. It's intercession. Let's say intercession. Intercession. First Timothy, the second chapter, verses 1 and 2. I exhort, therefore. I exert, exhort, therefore. That first of all, that first of all, supplications, supplication, prayers, prayer, intercessions, intercession, and giving of thanks. And giving of thanks. Now read those things again. Supplication. Supplication. Right. Supplication is the kind of prayer that grows out of an urgent need. It's more than just talking. It's so urgent that it just simply has to have an answer. Sometimes we pray and we don't really feel urgent about an answer. We just talk about it. But supplication grows out of an urgent need. Let's say supplication. Supplication. All right, next is prayer. What's the next? 
intercession. intercession. And that's what we're at this particular point. Intercession. All right? Read on. And giving of thanks. And giving of thanks. Be made for all men. Be made for all men. For kings. For kings. And for all that are in authority. For all that are in authority. Pray for Jimmy Carter. Pray for uh, Richard Nixon. Pray for Brezhnev. Pray for Tito. Pray for everybody. Pray for Begin. Pray for Sadat. Won't hurt to pray for them. In fact, you're given a blessing if you pray for Israel. You're guaranteed a blessing if you pray for Israel. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. Matthew 9, verse 37 and 38. Let's say intercession again. Intercession. Now, intercession is praying for others. When you take your petitions, you take your needs before the Lord. But designate some time for others in your prayer. Literally give some time to praying for somebody else other than yourself. And if you notice, you get more anointed when you're praying about your needs than you do about the needs of others. You know you need some more maturity in prayer. Everybody smile and say, oh, that hurts. <laughs> All right, read, Brother Habits, Matthew 9, verse 37 and 38. Then saith he, Then saith he, Unto his disciples, Unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous. The harvest truly is plenteous. But the laborers are few. The laborers are very, very few. Pray ye therefore. Pray ye therefore. The Lord of the harvest. The Lord of the harvest. That he will send forth laborers. That he will send forth laborers. Into his harvest. Into his harvest. Amen. Thank you, Brother Habits. So when we intercede, we're praying about the needs of other people. And this involves, I suppose, the most intense dimension of prayer in our life. There is a blessing in praying for others that you don't receive uh, seemingly when you're praying for yourself. Now, you're supposed to pray for yourself, but you're supposed to pray for others also. So intercession is that time that you give to praying for others. Pray for the missionaries. Pray for the workers that the missionaries need. Pray for the kingdom of God to be expanded into all the earth. Pray that God would bring up labors in all the parts of the world. Some missionary fields are being closed right now. There's hardly a possibility in some of those countries to get a missionary in. But God's got workers somewhere that he can raise up and you be an intercessor. Spiritual warfare is literally moving into the realm of the spirit that you pray to bind the enemy and spoil his plans and help the kingdom of God to have free course and that the word would be ministered in power and authority. Intercession. If you know somebody that is in desperate need financially, if you know someone that's whose home is about to break up, if you know someone that's discouraged and despondent, pray about their needs. Intercede for their needs. Oh, hallelujah. I told you a few years ago, back when I was experiencing a real hard trial, a man called me one, uh, one day and he said, Are you Charles Grisham? And I said, Yes, I am. He said, I don't know you and you don't know me, but said, Our men's prayer group prayed for you all night last night. It just boggled my mind to think that anybody would love me enough to pray for me. But apparently, they were entering into an intercession and the Spirit took over and they literally were locked in in the spirit of unity in prayer for other people. And they prayed for me. I began to cry because it overwhelmed me to think that someone would love me and don't even know me. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, let's say intercession. Intercession is allowing God's love to flow through us. And when you intercede for others, 
Go into that prayer closet and literally list the needs of others that you want to pray about while you're in there. And while you're there, the Spirit will reveal to you things that you need to pray about maybe that you didn't know about when you went into there. Have you ever experienced that? Let's say intercession. All right? We're hurrying along. The next category in our prayer is reading the Bible. Let's say reading the Bible. Now this may be a real interesting thing to you. You might never have even associated with this, this with prayer. But when you take the Word of God in there to pray, the Word of God is so powerful, you can read the Bible when you begin to pray. You can pray a while and then read the Scripture and let the Word speak to you. The Bible says faith comes by hearing. And the Scripture says that hearing by the Word of God. If you want to preach to yourself a little bit, read the Scriptures out loud. Get you some chapters and begin to read those Scriptures right out loud. I mean, begin to read those scriptures, and as you hear those scriptures, faith comes by hearing the Word of God. The Word is enlightening. Let's say enlightening. 2 Timothy, the third chapter, and the sixth verse. For of this sort, for of this sort, are they, are they, which creep into houses, which creep into houses, and lead captive, all right, lead captive, silly women, silly women, laden with lust, laden with lust, Sins, rather, I'm sorry. Right. Led away with divers' lusts. Or led away with divers' lusts. Ever learning. Wait a minute. I wrote down the wrong scripture. I thought that was. Uh, I didn't think that one. Second Timothy 3 and 6, what you have? That's, uh, that's the wrong one. I wrote down the wrong one. All right, uh, let's move on to Psalm 19.9. We need to read that scripture we just read too because of... That hinders everything, including prayer. Right. Let's say the word is enlightening. Psalm 19 and 9. The fear of the Lord is clean. The fear of the Lord is clean. Enduring forever. Enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord. The judgments of the Lord. Are true. Are true. And righteous altogether. And righteous altogether. All right. So when we actually recognize that we have the word of God, we can read his word. We can be enlightened by His statutes. We can be strengthened by His laws. We can be corrected by His commandments. We can be ministered to with everything that's in the Word because the Bible says that all Scripture is given for, and it lists a whole numerous group of things, correction, reproof, doctrine, and so forth. So the Word of God is powerful. And when you go into prayer, once in a while in that cycle of prayer, you need always to read the Bible Read it out loud or read it silently and let it speak to you because prayer is a two-way thing. It's not you doing all the talking, but God gets an opportunity to talk with you when you communicate with Him. Communication is when the two of you are talking to each other. Now, He will scarcely speak to you in an audible voice, but you'll certainly get some direction from the Lord when you go to communicate with Him because He won't let you wonder what His will is. I think it's a real... Uh, a terrible thing for people to go through life thinking that it's hard to find the will of God. If you pray and talk to God every day and you have good lines of communication with Him, it would be a rare thing for you to go very long in your life without knowing what the will of God is. Somebody says, what is the will of God? I taught you a Bible lesson on how to know the will of God. Once you get the principles right and up to date, you can communicate with God day by day and His Word will enlighten you and He'll let you know that day what the will of God is for that day. How many found it to be that way? It's not something that you have to have a lifetime plan all at once. 
You've got to live one day at a time. So when you read the Bible, new possibilities are made clear and open to you. So in your prayer, if you'll notice in your prayer cycle here, number one, praise. Number two, forgiveness. Number three, confession. Number four, petition. Number five, intercession. Number six, read the Bible. And then let your Bible speak to you as you open your heart and open your mind in prayer. Let's say, read the Bible. That's number six in our prayer cycle. All right. Next, we're going to talk about a meditation. Let's say meditation. This is almost a lost art. Very few people slow down long enough to meditate. I love to be alone with the Lord and just, just sit silently and let Him speak to me. And if you'll learn to pray as this little prayer wheel instructs you to, you're going to need some time for meditation because when you begin to praise Him, when you begin to be willing to forgive, you're going to be having some things come to mind that you're going to have to make right with God from time to time. You confess, you're going to have to see there's some things that have to be done in the way of restitution. There's petitions that are laid before the Lord and you begin to ask of Him about your own needs and then you begin to intercede for the needs of others. And then as you read the Bible, you get fresh direction. Then you can meditate on the things that will be beneficial to you in your daily walk with God. And with that notepad there beside your Bible, when the Lord goes to speaking to you, as you meditate on Him, you can begin to write down what He says the Holy Spirit wants you to do today. Hallelujah. How many of you like to write down what you're going to do every day so that you know what you're going to do that day? This is one of the beautiful things about going to prayer first in the morning when your mind is fresh and open. Set the alarm another 30 minutes earlier and get up and meditate and pray and thank the Lord. And then you'll have some direction for that day. Let's say meditation. That's just literally listening for the Lord. Psalm 1, verses 1 through the second verse. Kathy, read right into the microphone slowly, and I'll repeat after you. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the... Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of who? Of the ungodly. Of the ungodly. All right, now that right there ought to tell you who you walk with. Read on. Nor standeth... Nor standeth in the way of who? Of the sinners. Of the sinners. Nor sitteth, in the, seat Nor of the sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight. But his delight. Let's say delight. delight. And David once said, delight yourself in the Lord. His delight is in what? Is in the law of the Lord. Is in the law of the Lord. And in his law. And in his meditate, law. Doth he meditate. Doth he meditate when? Day and night. Day and night. Let's say hallelujah. hallelujah. Let's say meditation. meditation. All right. Psalm 77 and verse 12. Read that, Kathy. I will meditate also. I will meditate also. Of all thy work. Of all thy work. And talk of thy doings. And talk of thy doings. Read that again, Kathy. That's so beautiful. I think that's so powerful. I will meditate also. Let's say that together. I will meditate also. Of all thy work. Of all thy work. And talk of thy doings. And talk of thy doings. Oh, hallelujah. Over in the New Testament, after the Holy Spirit came, the apostles said, we cannot help but speak of the things we've, you know, we've seen and heard. Hallelujah. We've experienced them. They handled the Lord. They touched Him. And He had come to live within them. So take some time to think on the good things of the Lord. Brother Jerry, quickly turn to Philippians 4, and let's read verses 8 and 9. If you want to know what to think about, if your mind goes blank and you want to just automatically switch back to, to uh, the main channel, I've got a CB in my car and it automatically goes back to, uh, to the emergency channel. 
If you get through on another channel, it'll just automatically go back to the channel that you need to get the messages on. Well, if you want to know what the Christian ought to be thinking about all the time, if he doesn't have anything to think about on purpose, this gives you a recipe. Come, Brother Jerry, if you will. Philippians 4, verses 8 and 9. Finally, brethren. Finally, brethren. Whatsoever things are true. Whatsoever things are true. Let's say true. Whatsoever things are honest. Honest. Whatsoever things are just. Just. Whatsoever things are pure. Whatsoever things are pure. Whatsoever things are lovely. Lovely. Whatsoever things are of good report. Good report. If there be any virtue. There be any virtue. If there be any praise. There be any praise. Think on these things. Think on these things. Let's say it. Think on these things. All right. Those things. Those things which you have both learned, which you have both learned and received, and received and heard, and heard and seen in me, and seen in me, do, do. Hallelujah! And the God of peace shall be with you. And the God of who? Peace. Peace shall be with you. If you'll think on true things, honest things, just things, pure things, lovely things, good report, virtuous things, and things of praise. He said, now you've received these things, you've learned these things, you've been taught these things, you've seen them in me, and if you want to think about things, it'll help you have the peace of God. You think on these things and you won't be going through every day of your life all ruffled. Let's say meditation. Feed your mind on good things. The doorway to your heart is your mind. It's with the heart that you believe unto salvation, but the door to your heart is your mind. And what your mind feeds on is the thing that you become. What you think about all day long is what you are. Dietitians say that what you eat is what you are. And I'll tell you what, tonight the thing that the Christian feeds on is going to be the determining factor whether they're carnal or spiritual. And the writer, he said, I'd like to write to you as though you were spiritual, but I can't. He said, you're carnal. But a spiritual person will feed their mind on the things that will cause them to become spiritual. How many want to become a true person? An honest person? A just person? A pure person? A lovely person? A person that has a good report told about them? A virtuous person? A person that is always being recognized for the good qualities? If you'll think about those things and live those things, you will become those things and you will have the peace of God that passes all understanding. Oh, let's love Jesus just a few moments here. Oh, I love you tonight, Lord. Thank you for these good things, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. As you feed your mind on these things in your meditation, you will have your opening understanding will be just expanded. You'll have the opening of your understanding that will be just great. You'll know what the will of God is because your mind will be open to the will of God. All right? The next thing, let's say Thanksgiving. All right? You might say, well, now, we've been doing that all the way along. Well, we have. That's very true. Someone get Philippians, the fourth chapter, in the sixth verse. Thanksgiving is something that the Christian needs always to do. Come, brother, or read it there, and I'll repeat, Brother Morano, after you. Thanksgiving, Philippians 4 and 6. Start again. Be careful for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, let your request be made known how? Unto God. Amen. Sometimes we tell each other all the things we need, but we don't ever tell the Lord about it. And the scripture says he knows what we have need of before we even ask him, but he 
wants us to ask Him because He's our Heavenly Father. And if we go to Him with the right approach, how many of you knew how to get your daddy to respond when you wanted something from your daddy, your earthly father? How many remember how it was? You started telling him what a good daddy was and, you know, how great a daddy he was and how he's the best daddy in the whole world and the toughest daddy in the world and the strongest daddy in the world. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. The approach to God is one of respect for His majesty and His glory and His honor. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. The approach... And then when we get his attention, we ought to begin to just pour out and lavish our thanks upon him for the good things that he's already done. This is going to occur oftentimes through all of your prayer, thanksgiving. It's the time that you need also, though, to spend some time in your prayer just specifically to thank him. I have cultivated a habit that I, I'm sure someone taught me, but I never like to ask the Lord for anything until I have first thanked Him for what He's already done. When I go to pray for a sick person and I anoint them with oil, I don't go immediately to pray for them normally uh, without first thanking the Lord for every time He has met our needs. And, and thank, I thank Him for all the times that He has because I know that we could never thank Him enough. But I believe that we need to thank Him out loud. Let's say out loud. Now I want to say in the concluding remarks tonight... When you go into that prayer room over there, that should not be like a funeral home wake. It shouldn't be that everybody is tiptoeing their way. When you go in there, don't be ashamed to make your, your praises known out loud. It won't frighten anyone. It shouldn't be that 8, 10, 12, 15 people in there would be kneeling and it's all just meditation. Now, just leaning over on your elbows is not prayer. When you go in there, go in there with the purpose of thanking the Lord that another opportunity has been afforded you to come to the house of God. Praise Him out loud and somebody else will think that's the way you do it. If they walk in and nobody say anything, like, man, it'd be awful if I said something in here right now. Everybody just goes in and, boy, they just kneel and it's so quiet. You think, my goodness, what's happened? So got a word of a death or something? go in there. I don't mean be wild and bump the walls and kick and stomp and snort and roll on the floor, but I mean go in there like you're really in there. Arrive. Begin to thank the Lord. Oh, I thank you, Jesus. It's a good time to be in the house of the Lord. I thank you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. And the glory of the Lord will begin to come when two or three are gathered together in His name. I'm talking about in our public prayer before we enter into the, into the sanctuary to make praise and honor to the Lord here together. That prayer room ought to be a place you can hear. Say amen. Amen. Make in your personal prayer, even though even you're the only one there, make your thanksgiving known out loud. Don't just look at your Bible, look at your prayer list and say, well, I'm praising Him in my mind and I'm forgiving in my mind and I'm confessing in my mind and I'm petitioning in my mind and I'm interceding in my mind and I'm reading my Bible silently in my mind and I'm meditating in my mind and I'm being thankful in my mind. No energy in that. That don't burn up one calorie. If you showed up to date your girlfriend and you just meditated in your mind how sweet she was what do you want to do spirit of revelation will reveal any minute now we're going to get in the car 
no, man, their sparks begin to fly. Those hands touch across the front seat there and it's almost like something happens because you're in the presence of one another. I mean, you can just brush up against somebody when you're in love, you know, just touch hands. Like, Whoo, boy. You just get chills almost. Like, My, that was her hand I touched there. Woo-wee. Mm. I mean, I'm talking about earthly feelings. But we ought to go into the presence of God with an expectancy and go there with a purpose to make known our love and our praise and our adoration. We ought to use every adjective that we know in our vocabulary to tell Him how good He is. You're the most wonderful Lord in all the world. You're the only Lord. I thank You, dear Lord. You've been so good to me. You've provided me health. You've provided strength. You've blessed our church. You've been a good God. Oh, I thank You for everything. Oh, out loud. Let's say out loud. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Let's say out loud. Let's say praise the Lord. Let's clap our hands for the Lord. Praise Him for His provisions. Don't take your job for granted. Praise Him for it. Thank Him for it. Don't take your wife or husband for granted. Tell the Lord in your prayer how thankful you are for your mate. Thank the Lord for your healthy children. Thank the Lord for a country where there's peace. Thank the Lord for a country where you can have a Bible. Thank Him for the joy of the Lord that's your strength. Thank Him for the spirit that you felt in the Sunday night service. Thank Him for what He's going to do in the service tonight. Thank Him for the souls that He's going to send this church. Thank Him for your health, your strength, your joy, your salvation. It won't be very long if you'll really pray and begin to thank the Lord. There'll be a dimension in your prayer like you've never experienced in all of your life. It'll be a joyous occasion to go and pray and communicate with the Lord. Let's say thanksgiving. Hallelujah, hallelujah. All right, we're making pretty good time. Thank the Lord. What's the next thing on our prayer wheel there? Pray the Word. Hallelujah. Those scriptures that have power in them and you need power in your prayer and you need faith, pray the Word. Amen. Just flat turn yourself over to Romans the 8th chapter or somewhere there and right in the middle of your prayer just reach over there in Romans and begin to pray the Word. Hallelujah. Just pray the Word. Let me pray the Word here right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? No, 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 no. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. But nay, in all these things we're more than conquerors through through Him that loved us. For I am persuaded. Let's say it. I am persuaded. Oh, hallelujah. Lord, I'm persuaded. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm persuaded. There's nothing going to separate me from you. I'm persuaded that nothing's going to separate me from you. For I'm persuaded just like Paul was, that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth 
nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord pray the word get those scriptures down that bring strength to you and pray the word faith cometh by hearing hearing by the word pray out loud apply those precepts and those principles of scripture to your own personal life Feed them back and forth in your mind. Believe on them. Repeat them out loud before the Lord. Claim those promises. If Paul said he wasn't going to be separated, well, I'm not either then. I'm a, I'm a conqueror through the Lord Jesus who strengthens me. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Let the mind be open to the good things and the good thoughts and believe unto salvation. Believe unto victory. Let your heart be full of good things so that when you speak, nothing but good things can overflow because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Pray the word in faith. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's say pray the word. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. All right. What's next in our prayer wheel there? Singing. How many notice what we did the other night? We sang the Psalms, didn't we? We sure did. We sang the Psalms. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's say singing. Right in the middle of your prayer, make a little time there if you want to, to sing a little bit. Make up your own songs. Nobody will know but what it's original. Sounds good to the Lord. Make it up. Right in the middle of your prayer, if you begin to pray and magnify the Lord, I will praise Thee, O God. Thou art my joy. Thou art my strength. Thou art my salvation. Oh, hallelujah. I love Thee, O Lord. Well, praise ye the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in the firmament of His power. Oh, hallelujah. It don't matter if you've got a frog in your throat or you're so hoarse, you sound like a bullfrog in a tub. Just pray and sing and magnify the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. Hallelujah. 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 Come on. Hallelujah. 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 Thank God you can't harmonize with yourself in your prayer closet, but you can make melody to the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, let's love Him just a little more. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, dear Jesus. Thank you, dear Jesus. Let's say singing. How many would love to be able to sing? You can. You can sing to the Lord. You sound like the great Caruso to Him. Friend, you are a crooner when you go before the Lord. You can sing and make melody to the Lord, and He likes every bit of it. Let's say singing. Sing. Read Psalm 100, verse number 2. Someone come and read that right quick. Brother Willie Neal. Serve the Lord with gladness. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Come before His presence with singing. Read on. Will we continue there? Okay. Know ye that the Lord, He is God. Know ye that the Lord, He is God. 
It is he that hath made us. It is he that hath made us. And not we ourselves. And not we ourselves. We are his people. We are his people. And the sheep of his pasture. And the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. And into his courts with into praise. Into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him. Be thankful unto him. And bless his name. And bless his name. For the Lord is good. For the Lord is good. How many believe he's good? Amen. Read on. His mercy is everlasting. His mercy is everlasting. And his truth endureth. And to his all truth endureth to all generations. To all generations. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Ephesians 5 and 19. Speaking to yourselves. Speaking to who? Yourselves. Who? Yourselves. I said to myself, self. Speaking to who? Yourselves? Is that what it says? Mm-hmm. All right, tell us about it. In Psalms. In Psalms. In Him. All right, now we sang Psalms. Mm-hmm. All right, now holy right there. Those were Psalms we sang the other night. And then what was next? What's next? Hymns. Hymns. Spiritual songs. And then what's that next category? Spiritual songs. One of them might just happen right in the middle of a service. Somebody might just stand up and begin to just put melody to words that come to their mind. I love and adore you, Jesus. You're the joy of my salvation. You're so good. You're wonderful. And I love you more than all. Well, where'd you learn that? I don't know. It just came to me while I was thinking about the Lord. Spiritual songs, brand new things. These new spiritual songs that we're singing today aren't even in the books, but if we live long enough, they'll be the hymns that our children sing tomorrow. But somebody received the spiritual impetus to sing a new song. Amen. I want to tell you, I noticed some things that if all we ever sings out of this book here, nothing ever happens. And most of the time, nothing happens till we put this away. Because a lot of the guys that wrote these songs have long been dead. And I don't know whether all of them even had the Holy Ghost. Some good songs in there, but there's some more things in singing that's more than in that book there. Let's say Psalms. Psalms. Oh, there's power in singing those scriptures. Then there's hymns. Let's say hymns. Hymns. And then there's spiritual songs. Read on, Brother Willie. Singing and making melody. Singing and making melody. In your heart. To in the your hearts. To the Lord. To the Lord. Let's say singing. Singing refreshes the soul. Singing brings comfort to the soul. And then when you pray, if you enter a dimension in your prayer and you speak with tongues in your prayer. How many of you ever speak in tongues when you're in your private prayer? This is not proud. Just hold up your hand there. Try singing in the Spirit. Put some tune with it. That won't be blaspheming. He's the one that understands the language. Don't be speaking in tongues without an anointing. And don't be singing in the Spirit without an anointing. But if there's an anointing there, make melody with it. Sing to the Lord. Sing in the Spirit. And sing with the understanding also. Pray in the Spirit. And pray with the understanding also. You'll be a joyous Christian. And you won't look at prayers just a few minutes of drudgery. You'll think, boy, I'm going to go in there. I'm going to tell Him all my needs. I'm going to thank Him for all. I'm going to sing to Him. And we're going to have us a time. Let's say singing. Let's say pray in the Spirit. Pray in the understanding. Sing in the Spirit. Sing with the understanding also. 
sometimes we sing with the spirit function we're not speaking in tongues but there's an anointing with it now the other night when we moved into that dimension of worship we sang and we worshiped God for over an hour almost an hour and a half and it was just like waves of his glory some spoke in tongues some sang in tongues some repented some confessed some travailed but it was just like a wave of his glory just like the ocean waves of his grace abounding washing us clean bathing us in his spirit we basked in it we were like little children playing in the raindrops while the sun was shining oh when you get into the spirit it's amazing how much you just enjoy being in the spirit say hallelujah oh my my I'm about to get carried away let's love the Lord Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, dear Jesus. I love you, Lord. I love you. All right. The next level here in our prayer. Number 11. Listening. Now that may be a little bit different than meditation. We need to listen for the Lord. The Lord comes to speak with us in a very very direct manner sometimes we need to listen for him who will read for us 1st Kings 19 verse 11 and verse 12 1st Kings 19 verse 11 and 12 and he said go forth read a little louder sister Carol and he said go forth and he said go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord and stand upon the mountain before the Lord and behold and behold the Lord passed by and behold the Lord passed by and a great and strong wind and a great and a strong wind rent the mountain all right it rent the mountains and broken pieces the rocks before the Lord and broken pieces the rocks before the Lord but the Lord was not in the wind the Lord wasn't in that loud wind and after the wind an earthquake and after the wind came there was an earthquake but the Lord was not in the earth the Lord wasn't in the earthquake either and after the earthquake and after the earthquake a fire a fire but the Lord was not in the fire but the Lord wasn't in the fire and after the fire and after the fire a still a small still voice. small voice that old song that says standing somewhere in the shadows you'll find Jesus he's the only one who cares and understands standing somewhere in the shadows you will find him and you'll know him by the nail prints in his hands oh we need to approach God wait on him listen for his voice when you begin to know that he's speaking to your heart and you're listening stay still until he's through talking amen listen with an open mind let's say that listen with an open heart listen with an open Bible and listen with your notepad there too I can't emphasize that notepad too greatly because that's the place you put it all down how many of you wish you written something down sometime and you don't even know how to recall it because your mind just don't have the ability it's in the gray matter there but something's got to pull it out now prayer is not always talking to God but prayer is also listening for direct orders and we should always come away from our prayer with direction at least for that day hmm I want to instruct you to begin praying early in the morning when you got your first 
strength to give to Him. Your mind's clear. You wipe the sleep out of your eyes and throw cold water in your face and drink a cup of coffee. And in your sharpness now, you're awake and it's still quiet. You can hear the birds out on the windowsill. Go into your prayer closet. If it's only 30 minutes, pray within 30 minutes. And then at nighttime, if you want to add another 30 minutes, do that. And then all day long, you're in an attitude of prayer. But take time to listen to the Lord. All right. Number 12, and we're about through with the study tonight, which is our introductory study in, in prayer. And we're back again to this that we started with. Let's say praise. Everything we do for God ought to end with the feeling of accomplishment. When I was evangelizing, I noticed that if you preached heavy conviction messages on a church night after night, and it wasn't very long until the church got so burdened down with that heavy conviction because of three or four sinners that wouldn't obey the Lord, the church was preached under conviction every night. And before the revival was over, it was going to be a matter of how many are going to backslide rather than how many is going to be saved. Because you can't bear that weight forever. You've got to have a little breathing space. So every service ought to end and every prayer time ought to end with a note of accomplishment. I noticed in evangelizing, I noticed that at the, when I would, uh, I would patrol that altar just like a uh, quarterback going back and forth on the line, waiting for a direction of the Spirit to know exactly what to do. If it began to lag and it looked like nothing was going to happen because faith was waning, rather than let them all pray their faith away and go home dragged down, I would have them all stand up and I do that with you oftentimes because I don't want you to go home feeling like we have not reached a place of accomplishment in our service. We gather together and worship the Lord, love Him, and we feel accomplishment. And then sometimes the Lord begins to move in a brand new wave of His glory when you begin to praise Him again. Thank Him for what He has done. New faith comes when we praise Him. Let's say praise. praise. Let's say praise. praise. Matthew 6 and verse 13. Sister Vanda has that verse of Scripture. My, all of you have done so good tonight. Hadn't this been good? It's the Word of the Lord. Matthew 6 and 13. And lead us not into temptation. And lead us not into temptation. But deliver us from but evil. Deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom. Let's say it together. Thine is the kingdom. And the power. And thine is the power. And the glory. Thine is the glory. Forever. Forever. Amen. Amen. Let's say praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Clap your hands for the Lord here. Oh, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, it's time to go to General Motors, Lord. I just want to tell you how great you are before I get my second cup of coffee. Honey, isn't it going to be a great day? The Lord gave me direction. I'm going to witness to somebody today. This is going to be a great day. Oh, you're a wonderful God. Goodbye. It's practical to communicate with God. Exalt Him about His divine nature. And actually, I think you need to designate yourself a time, literally to take your Bible, take your notepad, take yourself in and really have a good long talk with the Lord. And then He will minister strength and encouragement to you, give you direction. Now, that is the prayer wheel. Before we conclude tonight, I want you to take that prayer wheel put it in your Bible. You may need to trim it a little bit and you may need to put a rubber band through your Bible and hold that right there. And I want you to begin to use this because as we teach in prayer, 
we're going to be moving into various depths of categories in these various areas here. You're going to learn more about prayer than you've ever known because you're going to start experiencing prayer. How many will purpose to try to use this approach at least every day for a period of time until you become familiar with what it's all about? You might never get beyond intercession. You've prayed your hour. You can't afford any more time. And you're interceding. Well, there's not any great thing that you have to go through all this and say, all right, five minutes, five minutes, five minutes, five minutes. Twelve times five would be an hour. Be 60 minutes. One hour of prayer with five minutes each of these categories would be a real wonderful thing if you could do that. But now, I want you to learn to pray. That's the main thing I'm trying to teach you, and you can only learn through praying. You can't learn through practice of someone teaching you, but you've got to learn for yourself. Now, in the church service, as your pastor, I'm going to request that none of you come directly to this auditorium anymore when you come to the house of God, unless you're late. If you get here at five minutes till service or ten minutes till service, instead of congregating back there to talk, you say, we must go pray a few minutes. And you go in there in that prayer room and start making noise. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Not a joyful silence unto the Lord, but a joyful noise unto the Lord. Let's say that together. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. If you could get there a half hour early like we normally announce on the other services, some of you can't because of your work, but uh, go in there and talk to the Lord and begin to thank the Lord out loud for what He's going to do, what He has done, and request Him to bless this church service. Because when a bunch of cold heads get together and they've got a cold heart, and it is like pulling a freight train to teach or preach when you're bearing the load of everybody and you're trying to do it uh, and you just have got a too full a load to do it. Now, then when we come into the sanctuary, if Brother uh, Keith Lehman's leading this service, I want us to start. He'll invite all of you to the front before we open our service. And we'll stand here together around the front and magnify the Lord and love the Lord and limber up a little bit. Have some exercise and worship and love to the Lord. Maybe sing a chorus or two. Maybe take our prayer requests here while we're around the front and clear the channel so that church doesn't become a ritual and we just go through the three songs and the prayer, you know, and the ritual and then finally the preacher preaches because that's what we pay him to do. Amen. How many understand now what I'm trying to teach you? That when we come to the house of God, it ought to be with a purpose in mind. And then after we've praised and worshipped Him around the front, then we can shake hands with one another. We're close together then. We can go back to our seats if we want to lead some song out of the songbook or lead some more courses or then testify. We've got all those preliminaries out of the road and we don't have to announce everything we're going to do waiting on others to arrive. Because sometimes uh, it's difficult for us all to get into the train or the trend or the vein of the Spirit, where the Spirit really can help us. Come into the sanctuary praising the Lord and thanking the Lord for another opportunity to worship Him in His house. Amen. All right. Say hallelujah. All right. Sister Carol, if you will, come back to the organ. And uh, but while she's coming back, I wonder if any of you have any questions about any of these particular points that we've taught on tonight from the prayer wheel. How many of you feel like that you'll benefit something from this Bible study tonight? I hope you will. Would you stand? Any questions? Any comments? Everybody happy? Amen.
Hallelujah, hallelujah. All right, give me that tonic chord there, sister. Sister, amen. Sister Carol, you want to come over on the piano and give us the, the, the tonic chord there on the, on the piano also? Hallelujah. Come on. Hallelujah. Let me just tell you something. Now, some services, some of us get violent in the Spirit because we're having to do it all by ourselves. We're carrying the whole thing on our back. Somebody just gets violent trying to get the attention of the Lord. And everybody else stands and watches. But when we come in unity, it don't take a whole lot of effort on any of our part if we'll all put what few little things we have aside and begin to love and adore the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hold this. Hallelujah. 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 I love you, Jesus. Just put your own words to it. I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Lord our God, You're our Savior. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise His name. Come on, let's praise Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God of my salvation. Captain of my salvation. My propitiation. My peace and my joy. Hallelujah. 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 Let's all come together here as we sing and we prepare to dismiss. Hallelujah. 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 Praise be to thy name, our Lord, our God, our salvation. Hallelujah. 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 Jesus, our peace. Jesus, our joy. Jesus, our salvation. Lord, that forgive us sins. Lord, that keep us from all harm. O oh God, Lord, under Thy wings do we abide. We're sheltered from the storms of this life. O oh God, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Wonderful God, wonderful God, hallelujah. Oh, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Just make love to Him out of your heart. Make love to Him out of your heart. Make love to my Lord. Make love to my Lord. Oh, I love you, Jesus. Thank you for the peace that passes understanding. Oh, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, Jesus is all the world to me. My life 
my joy, my all. He is my strength from day to day. Without Him I would fall. When I am sad to Him I go. No.